what we're going to find in in this situation, I, I love the way in which like the gospels that they they have this thing that um how many of you have gotten the book or seen pictures online or the calendar awkward family photos? Oh yeah. Okay, we've all we is has it Ressie's seen it? I'm sure. Okay, a few others. There you go. Glenn, have you ever seen them? No, never seen them. Okay. Well, the awkward what? Jesse's like looking through his films, like these are all awkward family photos, right? <laughs> Which I mean, anyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's what's so funny is that I mean, contrary to like some picturesque image of what like a family should look like, with you know, mom, dad, uh, you know, uh, son, daughter, and a dog named Spot, kind of thing, the perfect family. Uh, that, yeah, no, no, but but like. And, you know, picket fence, that sort of thing. Uh, that, that that's like the stereotypical image. But that what when we, when we look at something like that, we realize, like in reality, like most of our lives don't look like that. We're not Instagram models. Uh, where where like if the if if you could be transparent about what life is actually like, it would look nothing like what it is that we post online. Uh, like it's 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 not because. Our lives are messy and fraught with like these awkward moments that like you just you really wish that that somebody could have just, um, you know, torched the record, torched the photos and just pretended like your life was just, just like really great. And, perfect. and this is where I do love the Gospels. That's where in Matthew is, is, is a, it's called a gospel. It's telling a story about the life of Jesus, not just about the life of Jesus. But also the, the, the coming of the kingdom of God that's inaugurated through the person of Jesus and, and God inviting everybody to, to uh, come and participate in this thing called the kingdom of God, where God is actually coming to try and finally make things right within his creation. And he invites people to become a part of it. That's where if you're following Jesus as a disciple, that's what you become. And that throughout this story, you'll have what you would call... Uh, what scholars will call a um, a uh, like sorry I'm, I'm, I'm geeking out here uh, where in in doing historiographical or historiographic research one of the, th the the criteria that you 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 afford if whether or not like something happened or did happen is something that's called the criteria of embarrassment. The criteria of embarrassment is when, when, no, when, there's, when there's something that's an account that really does expose like real shame and embarrassment that, 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 that if this sort of thing happened, like you would, like this is the sort of thing that you would want to hide. You don't want people to, to know and see just how bad it is that you look right here. And if this sort of thing is something that's brought out into the open, that, that, that further authenticates that this is something that actually happened because, because if it, this is not the sort of thing that you would fabricate because it makes you look so bad. We, we are the people, the characters who, uh, like ancient people as well as modern, 
we always want to try and present our best and to try and make ourselves look as, as wonderful and beautiful and as perfect as we possibly can. And you know the real you when you, you, you get to see somebody for their warts, for their awkward moments, and where, where frankly, you just look like, 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 you look like the fool. And everybody knows it. And the Gospels portray this sort of thing. And that's encouraging to me to realize that, that when, when we're trying to, to figure out and, and understand and grasp, like, what... What is this thing called the Christian life that, that, that Jesus, he calls me to this thing that's called discipleship and I'm, I'm learning from him and I need to see what, like, how is my life different because of what God has done that, that in Jesus in doing all of this work, that, that there's this, this people of, of, you know, the a group of disciples who are following after him and then they're, they're being called disciples, but it's like, moment after moment after moment is fraught with these awkward family photos, these awkward moments that it's just messy. And, and frankly, if you want to try and paint yourself in the, in this glorious light that you would want to hide this sort of thing away. And it's also important to know that, that these gospel gospels are they're they're, they're, they're written um, probably recorded where, while most of these disciples are still alive where if there was any opportunity to try and sweep the stuff under the rug and say, oh, no, you know, this is uh, like Peter, James, and John really aren't like that self-centered and self-motivated, are they? Like, mm, you know, this is, this is, this is, no, this is, this is actually who they, who they were. And the, this is particularly encouraging to me because uh, in my Christian walk, it is easy to, to, to give up under the weight of discouragement to realize that I am not the sort of person who I ought to be. And neither were the disciples. And somehow Jesus didn't quit on them. He didn't quit. That 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 not even just despite um, of these awkward moments that we're about to 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 discover, but even through them or because of them, like you can see how 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 just how much the Christian walk is something that's a work in progress, and that. There's no way that we're going to become the sort of people that God calls us to be until, until this sort of thing comes clean and that like God is allowed to, to transform and make us into those types of people as he was and did with the very disciples. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, cool. So uh, with this passage, it's going to get, you know, a little awkward. And this is also... Uh, a passage that, well, uh, I, I got myself into trouble. I was telling Julie about this in trying to translate the passage in Greek, which gives me like this overload of data that, uh, and, and, and um, that, that I just, I want to try and share as much as I can. And then like, it spins my brain into hard drive and it crashes. And I'm like, uh, I can't, uh, I can't 
but but here's an uh, interesting thing, uh, a Greek feature when, that, that not everywhere, but in at least a few places, Matthew uses something that's called like the historical present, which the historical present is when you uh, employ a, a present tense verb to tell something that happened in the past, which is typically used in order to, to, um, to draw attention to what's going on to certain details kind of like the magnifying glass. So I, I brought my little magnifying glass here. Y'all, oh, you guys, there you go. You see that? Um, can you see me there? Okay, cool. There we go. We're, what we have here, the way that Matthew is writing it, wants us to be able to try and, and focus some close attention to what it is that's happening, where, where the drama, you're sort of like being sucked in to see like the details from something that's, that's really close up. So I don't want us to miss the details that Matthew is, is, is leading us to. But to get our minds thinking in the same direction, um, I want us to, to use an example about what the problem is here. Um, let's, let's, let's begin with this. Uh, Julie and I, just yesterday... We're doing our little happy dance around the kitchen, um, the ki around the kitchen table because we had gotten some really great news. Um, anyway, it's this, this, I've never been so happy to hear about somebody retiring. <laughs> Tom Brady <laughs> retires. Wow. Yeah, yeah, or at least he plans to retire. In other words, he's not coming back for a 23rd season. Uh, which is crazy. Yeah, we were literally, yeah, doing our you know happy dance. Like, okay, you know, there we go. This is this is all good. And why is it though, or at least that we are we're so happy about Tom Brady retired? What? Because then it gives the Packers a chance to possibly possibly someday we could win. Maybe, maybe. So so good news for both of us. Good news for the, the Buffalo Bills fans and that sort of thing. But Tom Tom Brady actually is is a is a really classic example of the point that 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 is at the forefront of what what Matthew is trying to demonstrate for us here now Tom Brady is the sort of person who like him or not it is essentially an undisputed point that he is like the best football player to ever play football like nobody Nobody legitimately questions that. Where if you're saying if you're trying to 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 um, list the accolades and the accomplishments that that Tom Brady just surpasses them all, and he surpasses them um, not just in um, in this feature where it's wait, what it, where he's dominated is um, is with this NFL. That comprises of 32 teams. Um, and these 32 teams constitute like the best football players in the nation. Where in order to be able to get to like the 32, you are um, or that the, the, they're, they're, you're full of like, or excuse me, the, the NFL is full of like lots of 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 quality football players. And uh, and out of those 32, um, that represents the best of the best. And Tom Brady dominates all of them. And 
in addition to that, I mean, that 30, that representative of the 32 represents hundreds of college players who, frankly, like, they, they will go to these universities and, and, um, and they will um, get full ride scholarships to play college football and they won't even sniff a, a, a contract for something like in the NFL, like that they are the best of the best of the best of the best. And for all these hundreds of college programs, there are thousands of high school football uh, players who would just hope against hope that somehow they can make it to the college and they can make it from the college to the NFL and they can make it from the NFL to, 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 to be somebody like Tom Brady, who, I mean, granted, he was drafted in the sixth round, which is, if you don't know, that's, that's, that's not like, if you drafted in the sixth round, like nobody really thought highly of Tom Brady and then he comes <laughs> and just like dominates the whole Please thing. He showed them. Yeah, he showed them. He, he, he stood them up. And, uh, and not only is this sort of thing true, that with the NFL, you happen to know, or it's, it's easy to know that economically speaking, when it comes to American sports, the NFL grosses billions of dollars annually and is surely among one of the most lucrative and profitable uh, um, sports organizations on the planet. And Tom Brady is regarded as essentially, you know, the, 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 the king of football, the guy who, who's, who's, who's done and accomplished everything. And what you get with this measure of, of accomplishment that there's only a select few from the high school to the college, only a select few of the college you get to the 32, only a select few who that is, is, is populated with Hall of Famers and Pro Bowlers and, um, and you know, just, just you know, awesome, awesome, awesome athletes. And that Tom Brady is the king of them all, that you get this sort of thing. This is why they call Tom Brady the the goat. Who's ever heard of, heard of that? Not the sheep, but the goat. Okay, there we go. So that's how we know that Jesus doesn't like Tom Brady. Because, you know, sheep and goats. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, Jesus. We'll get there in Matthew 25. So, okay. Um, the, the, so all of this, what it is that he translates to something like that. Who knows what, 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 what do you mean by the goat? Raise your hand if you know. Okay, Rusty, I know you were going to. Jesse stole it from you. Okay. Anyway. I didn't see her start it's okay. Yeah, there we go. So yeah, the greatest of all time, which what that is, is it's a status where I know where it is that he fits in the hierarchy. And with the status comes power, prestige, endorsements, control. 
um, uh, um, significance to know that your life actually matters because if you're the greatest of all time, who can dispute that you, your life, and your accomplishments actually matter if you're the greatest of all time? Because not only have you demonstrated that you're good at what you do, but that you're actually better than everybody else at it. And that, that nobody can dispute that you're, 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 you're the greatest of all time and that, that what it is that you've achieved of all of these sorts of things, what they amount to Indeed, this, this, this status, this, you know, your, your, your place in your world, in your universe, in your society, because of what it is that you've accomplished. And that, and, and here's where, where, where it's, the, the, the rubber meets the road between Matthew and Tom Brady is that Matthew knows what the disciples know, which I'm going to make sure I get this right. And this is also uh, borrowed from, from uh, France, is that and he puts it this way. Our human concern or preoccupation status and importance is clearly one of the most fundamental human instincts which must be unlearned by those who belong to the kingdom of God. In other words, to, to make your life a pursuit of status and the human instinct that says I that if if my if my status is it higher and higher and higher that, that, that my, my measure of my value or my worth goes up and down with regards to my status? That means I'm going to do everything I can to try and clamor and try and not only get as high as I can, but keep people down as far as I can. And that that's the way it is that I'm going to, to prove to the world that I actually matter, that my life counts for something, because without this status, I'm nothing. And we know, isn't it true that that um, that the, the the how shall we say this that that. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll speak from my, my, I guess, my own struggles or, or, or wrestlings with this is that, that when Julie and I, when it works, when, when I, when I finished uh, my, my master's degree and, uh, and wanted to, to go into doctoral studies and that door was closed. Uh, for 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 multiple reasons that like when that happened it hurt not simply because I didn't feel like I actually had an opportunity to pursue and build off of my education but I truly wanted the pride of being able to sign my name Dan Schuler PhD seriously 
because those three letters give you a status, a clout. People will listen when they know it is that you have your doctorate, that you've done your, your due diligence, and that you have the power to be able to, to, to stand in a particular place and have authority over somebody else. And that kind of authority is intoxicating. And it's the sort of thing that 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 Jesus intends to help, or that he knows that, that the disciples have to unlearn. If if God's purposes are going to be made manifest through through what it is that they're going, what 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 Jesus intends to do, um, which we're going to read. Um, so. I've gone far enough. Let's actually read the text for a change. Um, so uh, here we go. Uh, now, do we mind taking some turns, reading a verse at a time? Do you think we can do that? Give it a try? Okay, cool. So uh, I will – here's what I want us to do. Uh, this is a time where uh, – Glenn, do you, do you want a Bible to read, to follow along? Like, like a physical Bible to read? You're okay? Okay, cool. Uh, this is, uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, let's jump to it. Um, the, well, yes, this, excuse me. Thank you. Uh, where we're at with this, um, I want you to to, to keep your eyes open, to have your magnifying glasses, paying attention to the details or the drama or the picture that, 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 that Matthew is painting for us. We're not just reading what's happening, we're going there to, 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 to see the sort of things that Matthew is showing us. So uh, Luke, do you mind, uh, if you would please, uh, read just verse 20. The mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. Okay. So, uh, who's who's the main figure at this at this stage? Mama. Mama. Mom's coming. So uh, now we should pause there, uh, where up until this point. Um, why it is that mom is showing up into, into the, 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 the drama is a little bit perplexing, particularly because, especially as we continue to read, we happen to know, I mean, that, that, that she's about to ask something on behalf of the sons of Zebedee, James and John, who are the intimate three, or a part of the intimate three, Peter, James, and John, surrounding Jesus, that if there is ever a request or to ask something or a favor, like with Jesse and I, we're close friends and have been for some time. And by virtue of being so close, we know that we can, we have a certain freedom to, to ask each other of certain favors, right? Yeah. 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 I would say so. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, even if you just, you know, slapped me in the face and said, no, I'm not doing it, like, we'd still be friends. Um, 
but 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 we, we know that 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 you can be like intimate in in this sort of thing. So there's something a little bit odd about the mother of these two intimate disciples coming to ask Jesus for something on their behalf. Like, does this seem unusual to anybody else? Like, why, why is it that's that, that Jesus's mother no, is James James, sorry. Yes. Jesus's mother. Um, not, not really in Matthew very much at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, James and John's mother is, it, it, can anybody imagine or guess what's what's happening here? Or, 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 or in addition, are there any other observations about what's going on in the text? Go ahead, Jessica. Well, just like I mean, this is the only time like she's really mentioned. Mm -hmm. So like, it, it doesn't necessarily like. Could she have been there the whole time? Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, could she have also not been involved the whole time? Also, maybe. So, like, you know, the fact that she plays, like, a very minuscule role in the story. Like, it's not like Mary Magdalene yeah. walking up going, hey, what about these guys? You, should, you know what I mean? Like, like, like who's, she's always there. And, to, like, to have the, the confidence to, to have this kind of ask. Right. Uh, right. And you really don't know how close they were. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I would say, like. I mean, she's, she's definitely confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She has, she has a certain measure of confidence. And particularly because by this point, if she's still there and present, that means that she's been following Jesus along with this ministry for some time now. Um, are there any other considerations as to, like, what, what's happening in the drama? Go ahead, Luke. Just getting Tiger Mom vibes. Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> helicopter Maybe. Maybe the only reason they're there is because she sent them. <laughs> so this guy's gonna be big. <laughs> interesting though. Interesting though. How it is that as a mother that you can uh, uh, what's what's the word as a surrogate like on your on your on your children that take their status and what they accomplish and take it as your own so yeah. that. You know, oh, I'm so proud of my son, the doctor. I'm so proud of my son, the grocery store clerk. Like nobody <laughs> says that. Um, you know, I, I'm so proud of, you know, my son, the disciple. Uh, you know, oh, yes, you've heard about this, Jesus. Oh, yes. Well, let me tell you about my son. Kind of like that like kind of thing where whatever the case may be. Or she gets status. She gets status because they get status. Crazy. And now here's the point, or at least one of the things that's happening. Can you actually see about the way in which a mother has been, for, for whatever reason, brought into the drama because it's this sort of thing that she, in some measure or another, finds desirable and enticing? That if my brothers get a win, I get the win. If, it, if it's true, like, kind of like, I guess at the time, I mean, everybody's kind of like, like, kind of playing this, like, betting game, so to speak, where, like, there's lots of people that could have been the Messiah, mm -hmm. uh, 
but they're like, like they're risking it all. They're putting all of their chips on this one thing saying, like, we are confident Jesus is, he's going to, to he is the Messiah, so he's probably going to take over Rome. And if anybody, it, you know, if I want to align myself with anybody, if I want to secure, like, my, yeah, uh, my, my safety, uh, because if he's going to take over, I don't want to be on his bad side. Exactly. Uh, yep, yep. You, it. It behooves you, uh, you know, that you're 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 hedging your bets by backing who you think is going to be the winner. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And but what's what I find so compelling about something like this is that, you know, in in a world that is preoccupied with status, that is dominated. Um, by what you would call like the patriarchy. In other words, you know, um, you know, men trying to prove to the other men how much more of a man they are, how much more it is that they've accomplished, that this sort of issue is not just a man issue. Like how many of you are women who, who truly believe that, that their value as a mother is contingent. The, the only thing it is that matters, as long as I know that my my children succeed, and th- then I'll know I've done something right. Your righteousness is, and your your status, your purpose, your wholeness, um, is resting on that status of being a good mother. And for anyone who's following in the the the, the, the path of discipleship. Um, this sort of thing has to be undone. Not that status is unimportant, but it certainly cannot be the main thing because well, we're going to find out why. So any other observations before we, we press on and see what's happening here? So go ahead. I also discovered about Mary that she wasn't in the race. She wants to make sure that her children that's true absolutely so yeah he's not she's not just thinking about like their immediate needs but also to say is this good for them in the long term and that's a good thing to desire is it not like that is a good thing to desire and uh but here's also one of the things where uh, it's important for us to bear in mind as we as we move further in the text is this that as we learned from last Sunday, there were two critical examples where, where there is a, a, a centurion and a Syrophoenician woman, outsiders as regards to the, the, the narrative, who humble themselves before Jesus. And the Syrophoenician woman falls down, prostrates, kneels. Uh, and isn't it interesting? The mother of Zebedee is doing the same thing. In doing so, to ask for something more than like she's lowering herself in order to elevate up her sons so that she can then also be elevated. That there is, even for disciples, the dangers of false humility. Where, where you, you, you kneel before God just because you want to get something out of him. 
That's the danger for, that all of us are going to have to that, that, uh, that, that face, as indeed the mother of Zebedee would. But anyway, um, Julie, do you have your – okay, okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, what's <laughs> – this is, this is great. Um, uh, go ahead and read verse 21. What is it you want, he asked, Which, he being Jesus. Right, what is it you want? Uh, yeah, so, so by bowing down and asking for something – or anyway, I'm sorry, carry on here. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Okay. What do you want? As if Jesus didn't already know. <laughs> um, yeah. What is it that you want? Now, what's interesting to me about this is that this, this short discussion is bracketed uh, uh, and then capped off, but bracketed with these these words, um, "fellow," which is the Greek word for to wish or to want. What are you, you're going to say something? Okay, cool. Um, so, um, so that to get at the heart of this issue, Jesus is is attacking not just not 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 status per se, but the heart's craving for status, um, and. Uh, and so, gosh, where was I going with that? So, um, it's bracketed. What is bracketed? Thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Um, yeah. What do you want? Uh, she said to him, say yes to these two sons of mine, uh, or grant, uh, that one will sit at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Uh, it is, uh, uh an interesting point, another point uh, drawn out by, by France, is that this sitting at the right hand or the left that's fixed here is, is intended to draw a paradox, a linguistic paradox between the other language of the right and the left that you will find with two criminals crucified next to Jesus, one on the right and one on the left. Mm. So in other words, you think that you're getting this, you know, thrones at the right hand and the left of here. This is, this is the way of the cross. This is the direction that it's going. If you want to be on the right and the left of me, this is where I'm headed. Mm. You want a position at my right and my left? That's what it looks like at my right and left. Chew on that for a little while. Um, anyway, but this, again, this, it's so important how to remember where it is that we are in the stage of the narrative and to recognize that, that these are people who have been walking with Jesus. They're following Jesus. They've heard his teaching and they're legitimate disciples. They've seen him do miracles and they are, they are, what's the word? Rightfully have their minds fixed on the coming of the kingdom of God um, and the, the, the reign of God, the triumph of God um, on heaven, the, God's will in heaven is being done, as it, uh, or God's will is being done on earth, is, is heaven. This is all wonderful and great. And somehow this thing called discipleship 
is beginning to go awry because these disciples, including their mother, actually haven't learned to want their friends. They, they, despite intellectually believing all the right things, their hearts still haven't learned how to want the things of God. Hence the reason why when, 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 when Jesus intimates to his disciples that the Son of Man is going to go to Jerusalem and be betrayed and to be uh, judged and be condemned and be crucified, be raised again. Peter says, never, that's never going to happen to you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God. You're, the sort of things that you want in your desires have not yet been transformed. And if, if, if you follow the nature of your hearts and this craving for status, you're not going to be in God's kingdom. I don't know how else to put it. Like it just, it, it's, it, it's, it's oil and water. They can't go together. Uh, but anyway. Because you ask with the wrong motives. Absolutely. That's a passage that I was actually, you know, studying, uh, you know, uh, earlier this morning. And feeling like that's a very clear parallel um, that, that, that I, I have no doubt in my mind that James writes in the way that he does because of what, of what's happened here. Now, it's not referring to the same James, I don't think. Some have argued that it is, others others not. But those two ideas are clearly in view here, and they're overlapping. That that um, that that there's a heart issue that that that, that Jesus is dealing with. So, um, but the, and here's oh gosh. Uh, one of the things that, that that's well, should I go into that or shouldn't I? Uh, what time? We're, how much time do we have? We don't have that much time, but I might do it anyway. Um, so so like okay, Jesse, you remember when you're talking about how um, you you. Um, you're clamoring for seats of position because you know that if, if Jesus is really the Messiah and he is really bringing in the kingdom of God, you want to get as high up in that position as possible right before it, it, it comes. Uh, or, oh, this is, this is the example. How uh, when, a, when, when a, a president is, is uh, um, just about to to be inaugurated as president. What is one of the first things that they begin doing? Picking your cabinet. Picking your cabinet, right. Picking the people who are gonna be in, in, in uh, seats of authority that um, are going to be also exercising authority on your behalf in you know, smaller sections, but it's still really nice to be in the president's cabinet. As Jesus is getting closer and closer to Jerusalem and he's gonna come in with this triumphal entry that say, Hosanna to the son of David. Like 
these are clear illusions or clear pictures that, that they fully expect Jesus to come and be a king, a king who is the king of kings and who's going to rule and who's going to reign. And, uh, and you want to be you know, seated at the right hand and at the left uh, because that means power, that means security, that means prestige, that means uh, um, uh, uh, being in the place of honor where you really, really, really want to be. And, and the mother of, of James and John recognized this and to know that, that, that uh, by doing this, like the urgency is ratcheted up that, 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 he, that she wants her sons to get this seat uh, before it happens to be taken. Um, but now we have to press on. Thank you for your patience. You guys are wonderful. Uh, so verse 22, uh, Jesse, you want to pick that up? Jesus answered, mm. you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> you to drink the cup I'm about to drink? Is that the end of the We answer? are able to <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, interesting point. Okay, where it says, you do not know who you what you are asking who 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 asked mom. mom asked that you you don't know what you're asking is in not in the second person singular but the second person plural so the immediate response she didn't ask the right question. no 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 it's not that she didn't ask the right question so mama bear you know talks to jesus and says you know, grant that my sons will have a seat at your right hand, your left, when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus responds, not you, but y'all. She's not directing. It's like from the very moment, Jesus sees right through what's, what it is that's happening. And it's, it's the kind of thing that, that, even if James and John is, or uh, that, that, that they would be, uh, or, well, hmm, gosh, oh, this is, this is killing me. This is really killing me. Um, okay, I, I, I will go there. Here. So I'm the youngest of four brothers. Uh, and uh, and if anybody knows mom, you love my mom. Her name is Flo. But if you've been friends, a part of our family, you know the wrath of Flo. Uh, because, I mean, she would treat her son's friends like they're, you know, her own sons, essentially. And uh, it would be frequent for us brothers to be conspiring about things that we wanted. But, it's, but, but it was like... The, there was always some reluctance to say, we all know the things that we want, but who's the person who's actually going to go and ask mom? <laughs> because you didn't want to be the person who, who, who is asking for the thing that everybody wants, but you know that you're probably not going to get it. And you don't want to be in that awkward family moment where you're the person who asked, and then you're the person who gets in trouble but that if 
the mother of James and John is the person who's 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 put out in front to to ask this sort of thing. If they get it, great. If not, James and John can say face and say, well, you know, what a mother's gonna do, huh? Like they're just doing the things that that and that that she can be the one who bears the shame of her two sons for asking this sort of thing. And when Jesus says, you, plural, y'all don't know what you're asking. He is doing the same thing that certainly that my mother would do, where she would know that that, that it's like um, how when it is that you get older, you realize that there's a whole lot more that your parents realized and knew that you thought that you were just getting away with because you knew like they were mom. Because she could see through all of our conniving, our conspiracies, our, our, our scheming, our wheedling to try and get the thing it is that we want, she could see through all of it. There is no fooling mom in that regard. And Jesus here can see through it, through this thing, this false humility, this will not get them what it is that they want. They can't use a pretext or to 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 get through what what Jesus wants or what to to get what they want out of Jesus. Where he's saying you don't know what it is that you're asking. And to summarize shortly, Jesus asks, "Are you able to drink the cup? Uh, how, how does how does it go?" Mine, mine says, "Drink the cup that I'm about to drink," but there's a little thingy that says at the bottom that uh, baptize. Right, because Matthew's, or excuse me, Mark's account of this, he, he fits those two things in parallel. Are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink or be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized with? And uh, um, Matthew cuts to the quick and basically summarizes it in the cup where like this is the most important thing. Can you drink? What? What? What do you suppose Jesus is meaning? Where where he asks them, like, you don't know what you're asking, and then he poses a question back at them: Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Well, like what you were talking about earlier, like you're talking about the cross. Yeah, yeah. That 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 kingship or greatness, um, status. That sort of thing, uh, yeah. The, if 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 you think that this is what it is that you're going to achieve, you think that you're getting status, then the only thing you're going to get is suffering. And uh, and so, apparently, James and John say, "Oh yeah, we can, uh, we can, you know, uh, drink the 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 the, the same cup." Um, and then how does Jesus respond? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steve, do you want to give it a go? Uh, in verse 23? Yeah, he said, well, then, then he should drink the of my cup and be baptized like the baptism of death. I'm baptized with the 
He said, I'm my right hand and on my left. It's not like okay, but it, it should be you give to them for who it is. They prepare. It's like a book about my father. Hmm. Yeah. Any any other various translations on that? What what it is that he's saying? It's pretty straightforward, uh, as far as that that's concerned. What do you have, Julie? Uh, Jesus said to them, "You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father." Hmm. Interesting. So even as Jesus is supposed to be coming in and being coronated as a king, he's still walking in submission to the will of the Father. That he doesn't even have a choice to, to decide who sits at the right or who sits at the left. But one thing that is, is fairly clear about this is that whoever it is that's sitting at the right hand or the left, like whoever gets that golden status, which I've oftentimes wondered, like, Supposing there is, you know, somebody sitting at Jesus's right hand or, 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 or the left, who would you put there? King David. King David? Okay, maybe. Like uh, Billy Graham and Mother Teresa? No. No, no, no. Is Tom Brady getting it? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. He might. You don't know. He might. Um, yeah, anybody else. But, like, we have our are different schemes of evaluating like status high or low but if you know what your status is you know where it is that you belong uh, and and each of us has some kind of model or idea to say because i have uh, uh this this picture or this understanding about who's high or who's low in the kingdom of god I know exactly who should be up there. Go ahead. Well, oh, I, I think it was within the last couple of days when Jesus was telling them about how, like, because they were like, you know, well, we, we've left everything to follow you. Mm -hmm. And then he, he goes on to say about how, like, I promise you, whoever leaves everything they have, whether father, mother, home, all that stuff, that they'll receive all this much more in the life in the kingdom come. Uh, and then he goes on to say, like, there will be 12, like, uh, basically 12 thrones yes. for each of you. And so, like, I wonder if, like, what they're vying for is basically the better throne mm -hmm. based on based on what he's already said. You said you were going to give these to us because we've already done this. We've already left. And so they're thinking, like, oh, well, maybe there's a chance. Well, particularly because at this point... The place of prominence has been spoken of or, 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 or designated on the Apostle Peter. But then, immediately after it, it's like Jesus knocks him down a peg. So you're like... He's, he's not number one anymore. He's not number one anymore. And so, like, this is the time. Like, I, I can get ahead because the guy, other guy in the race has stumbled. I, this is... It's a vacant seat. Let's go get it kind of thing. Yes, what? Of course, indeed. Um, and indeed, they're, James and John are stumbling right now, and they don't know it. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is, is, is funny, 
Um, you know, it, it, it is, again, like we're talking about with the, the stuff. This is a comedy of errors. Awkward family photos where, where they're acting the fool and they don't know it. And then they, they go back and look at this and say like, oh, gosh, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I said that. Um, I really thought that I could do this kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's not, it, but, uh, so, so let's, let's continue. Um, and uh, let's see here. I'll, I'll, I'll take a crack at it, I suppose. Uh, verse 24, this is great. <laughs> and when the 10 heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. So they see through also this duplicity and knowing that, like, don't try and put on the pretext uh, that, that this is mom just doing mom's thing. James and John were totally behind this. And, and as, as the Gospel of Mark says as much, uh, that, that they're the ones who, who, who asked Jesus for this. And, and they're, like, indignant or... Uh, what's what's another? Uh, it's it's let's see here. Like, like angry. Yeah, yeah. Like really frustrated or uh, yeah, angry. Yeah, I mean it's and it's I mean it's a level like a threshold of anger that's certainly on the higher spectrum that says like like who do you think you are? That you, that you, 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 you want to, like, I can't believe this. But what, what are they indignant about? Well, I mean, that's what they're aiming for. But why, why are they so angry? Are they angry that James and John thought that they would be, like, better than the other ten, almost, because they were asking for those seats. They were asking for those seats, but I mean, that they disguised it by having their mom like the And that's probably true. They're trying to 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 do it subvertly, kind of thing going on. Uh, you were gonna say something, Jesse? You're, you're well, really I, I mean, I guess like in my mind, you know, I've I've worked on a theme. I've, I've worked on lots of things, and like at this point. Like, like, it, it, like Jesus is very clearly the leader, but like, at, like most of them are thinking like we're just we're all following Jesus. Like, like there's no status that comes with this. Like, like, you know, like I guess I think of it a lot like like on a soccer team. You you have a captain and that's it. Mm. Uh, and the only reason he's the captain is because we all put him there. Uh, in, in soccer. You, you don't get picked to be captain by the coach. They can they can recommend, but usually it, it's somebody who's voted in a position, either because they're the best or they're the, they're the clear, like the, the most obvious leader. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's never just like oh like well this is the slacker over here. And so like in my mind, like looking at it through like just this team aspect, like I would see it as like a like you don't get to be. Like, you don't just get to decide who, who this is. Like, like, they're very clearly trying to get one up on everybody. And, like, to, to me, like, that would cause an incredible amount of division. 
Like, if we wanted you to be there, we would have told you that. Right. Uh, almost. Because what's happening at this point, certainly, is that, like, if Jesus and what it is that he's intending to do is accomplished through this group called the 12 disciples, and they're all indignant with each other, this whole thing is on the precipice of a schism. Like, it's about to fall apart kind of thing if this doesn't go unchecked. And what's interesting about this is that the the it's the next verse that actually indicates to us what it is that's the nature of the problem because Jesus is about to call all of them together and to address all of them, not just James and John. Is that James and John, or that the, the rest of the, the disciples, hear and see what it is that James and John um, did and, and, and said what they've asked for through their mom, and they're indignant because they didn't get there first. Where, where at this point, um, even if they're not outright asking for it, that they're all jockeying for position and pride of place and self-aggrandizement and doing whatever it is that you can to try and put yourself up and above everybody else. So let's let's continue to read. Uh, Luke, do you mind uh, picking up on verses? Let's do uh, yeah, yeah, verse twenty-five. There's a lot to unpack here. But Jesus called them to him and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them." Hmm. So this, you know. Uh, He's talking about something when you say, oh, you know about, you know, this, that, and the other. He's referring to something that is self-evident to, to, all, the, the, to all of the disciples. And what is it that they know? The, way, the ways of the world, the, the power structures of the world are that people in positions of power and authority... Use it or like wield it. They they or they abuse it. Yep, yep, yeah. How it is that they actually use their authority? If if status is what you're at, you um you can do that by not only you know achieving what it is that, that, that you want to do, but you can also, in effect, by the time that you get that status, use that power to be able to push everybody down and to keep them down. Uh, if status is the only thing that is that you're concerned with. And this is just what, what people do. Um, and it's also interesting here that when he's talking about the, 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 in your uh, translate or the your translation, you said the. Uh, let's see here, uh, verse twenty. No, uh, yeah, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and what follows after that? They're great ones. They're great ones. Yeah, yeah, they're great ones. In other words, in contrast, that that however it is that they under understand the stratified society, these are the people at the top who, who, um 
uh, I mean, in the words that you said, I mean, they, they misuse their authority by keeping other people down. Uh, and, go ahead. They, they act like tyrants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, which I mean is the 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 that type of of trans of translation catches I would say like the 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 sense of the verbs that Matthew is using, which are compound verbs. They're they're the verbs that begin with kata, which means down. You're uh, kata exesusia, uh, uh, where. You're, you're, you're not just exercising authority, but you're pushing it downward kind of thing. And you want to, um, you, you're, you're using your power in a way to be able to try and keep people down. Now, uh, well, the one question I suppose you could say, are there any examples where we see this sort of um, pecking order at work? Like just, just in, in our time. In our day. At work. At work. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that sort of thing happens at work. Um, I certainly know that it happens in academics. Yeah, uh, political world. Yeah, political world. Justice. All right. I mean, yeah, it's a justice issue inside, you know, like political issues sort of thing. Um, Family. Yep, absolutely. Even the school. Schools, for sure. Um, where, what, church? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking where I work, you know, because I, I really, like, I really rule our staff. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, I've always thought of you as a tyrant. Uh, <laughs> you better look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this sort of thing is just, like, the natural order of things. Yeah, yeah, in society as a whole, which is, I mean, a sum of all of these things together that says, I need to do whatever it is that I can do to get up another benchmark and another benchmark. It's like, uh, anybody uh, read the comics uh, Dilbert? Okay, written by Scott Adams, which is like, you know, like a comic satire on like workplace, you know, comedy and hilarity and, and just in foibles, where he said in an interview, where he said, the first thing you do once you get a job promotion is to already begin preparing to leave for the next job promotion. Like, in other words, your preoccupation is not just about what it is that you're doing here and now, but your upward mobility. That you, you, you are a man on a pogo stick. You don't sit still once. You, you are constantly moving up and up and up. Because that's your ambition. That's the thing that drives you. Because without your status, you're nothing. And, and Jesus, he says, you know this. You know this to be the case. That the, the, the um, in the same way that the, the, that the Romans have, or excuse me, that, that you have the Jewish people who were dominated by the Assyrians and then dominated by the Babylonians and then dominated by the Persians and then dominated by the Greeks and then dominated by the Romans pushed down into the ground. You're saying, you know this to be the case. 
And if you keep doing what you're doing, asking for status, you're not going to be any different from the people who are pushing you down into the ground right now. If this is what you want, you know this is the way it works. Because, and he says, this is, this is the, the real clincher. Verse 26, it shall not be so among you. That sort of thing that you're asking for, it's not going to happen. This is where, I love, Matthew um, speaks in a way that's more typical of Jewish way of speaking. He uses the, um, the future tense prohibition. Anybody, um, if you remember maybe as a kid or a mom, she could say, she could, she could prohibit things uh, in two different ways. That is to say, you know, uh, um, you know, stop doing what you're doing. Or you can say, you will not do this, that, and the other. Has, has Ellie ever said anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> lots of different ways. Lots of different ways. But it's a way of saying where, where um, it's not saying, let's say, don't do this, but rather to say, um, this sort of thing, this manner of behavior, what it is that you're up to, and, and this ambition of what it is that you want, you're not going to do this. I think we say it more like, that. that's not who we are. Yes. Like, like when they'll, like, there, there are certain things that other kids at school will be doing that they think, like, like there isn't like this moral right or wrong like, according to the culture. But right. like there's something about it that puts us off. And so we're like, that we don't we don't do that. Right. Like we don't do that. None of us do that. I don't do that. Mom doesn't do that. We don't we don't act that way. Right. Or we don't we don't do this. Like we don't we don't watch that. We don't even we don't even go there. We don't even try to watch that. Or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, no, that's that is that is a very apt way of putting it. That is yeah, that's not who we are. Um, this is not the way of discipleship. Uh, this is not the way the kingdom of God works. And this is where, uh, how should I say this? Is that it, I'm, I'm writing from a paper, reading from a paper it is that I wrote several years ago about this very passage, which I was tempted to just print it off and just have you guys read it and say, bless you, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, which I, Probably might even be better, but you never know. Um, it says, yeah, this is a categorical rejection of Jesus, of by Jesus, of worldly leadership that could not be more at odds with conventional wisdom. It is totally at odds. Yeah. Uh, and we're fooling ourselves if we think it's it's anything else. So um, let's let's continue because it's gonna get even even crunchier. Uh, it says this. Uh, let's see here. Which one do I want to read? Um, verse 26. Yes, it shall not be so among you. Uh, but whoever would um, would be great. Uh, now, and this is, oh gosh, this is my, my, my bone to pick with English translations. Um, 
Jesse, can you read your, your translation of verse 26? Um, like, yeah, it must not be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Okay. That's a little bit closer to the original. Uh, Luke, what do you have? But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it, the, the wooden translation that's a little more clunky does more to capture what it is that seems to be happening because it's recovering the same verse that, that or the, the same verb that Jesus is, is using when he asks the, the, the mothers to say, what do you want? And he's saying, whoever of you wants what she wanted, you wanted to be great. You wanted that status. Whoever wants to become that. Um, uh, there's, in some cases, is it say will be, must be, shall be your servant. Um, must be. Must be. Okay. Must be. Yeah, yeah. Again, he's using the future tense where it's like this it will not be like this. This is not who you are, but rather in using that same tense, he's saying, that's not who we are. This is who we are. So shall it be among you. If any of you wishes to become great uh, uh, among you, you must, there, uh, among you must be your servant. Uh, and then uh, Julie, how about verse 27? And whoever wants to be First must be your slave. Yeah. Uh, servant, slave, language. Um, what What do you suppose is, 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 is happening like here? Or we're, we're still, we still have the, the magnifying glass. We're, we're looking at details. So... Yes, Luke. First thing I think about is just we as a society define greatness in a very specific way. Like there's just a common shared understanding that greatness means essentially status. Greatness means achievement and status. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that the measure of that greatness, you have some kind like there's a measure of greatness to being the goat. And that, that, that certain certain qualifications that are, once they're all in there, you can say, oh, yeah, that status is legitimate. That's who you are kind of thing. Um, that's what makes you so great. Uh, not the same in all worlds, not the same in in all in all circumstances. Uh, but that how it is that you evaluate who it is that's become the, the greatest um, is not how you evaluate what's great or what matters or what your status is, is not the same in the kingdom of God as it is in the same in the kingdom of the world that are always just clamoring to climb up the ladder and just scrambling to the top and just trying to stay up, up at the top as, as much as they can. And if they're on the top, they'll do whatever they can to stay there and to be able to try and push more people down to be able to, to try and, and just, you know, pride yourself in your status. Yeah, it's great. Great kind of thing. Not a kingdom of God thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it, it 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 has no place in the kingdom of God, um, and what's interesting about this is that if you're talking about like 
there's still hierarchy. There's still authority in structures. Jesus is still becoming a king. But there could not, I don't think, as far as Jesus is concerned, be as much distance between sitting here. Here's, here's Jesus. Here's the right. Here's the left. And to serve an enslaved. It's a long way down. And could it possibly be that Jesus is turning this thing upside down? That if this is what you want, this is where you have to go. Now, mind you, this thing is heavy, so I don't want to hold on to it very long. But anyway, sorry. Um, it, it go ahead. The back to when Jesus is talking about John the Baptist and how he, he says, like, among people born of, of women, there's nobody greater than John the Baptist. And then he says, that even the least among you is still greater than that. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely mind-boggling. Yeah, it's it is it, it's we're and it's mind-boggling in such a way that is it's deliberately prerog or provocative in a way that challenges the way in which that we think about our hierarchy or status or authority or our attitudes and indeed. Our heart's craving to say, my life matters because of the status that I've achieved. Does that have a connection to that last will be first? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but let's, and, and here's, here's where, I mean, the, the, the point at which this whole thing really distills down to, to, to one basic thing is that whoever of you wants to be great must be a servant whoever wants to be first must be your slave which servants and slaves you could probably think of them as as synonymous parallels they're 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 people who who spend their entire energies at the service of the benefit of others and What's happening or what's going to happen here is that for as, as, as low as that is, that's, that's going to be that it's actually going the, 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 what Jesus says is going to be. Uh, um, embodied and exemplified in the most perfect example of of the paradox of 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 humility and or you know the the the, the, the gosh my throat's getting dry so I can't talk. <laughs> 
talk as much. Um, thank you, dear. Bless you. But let's just read it and 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 get to the the, the point. Uh, <laughs> so verses twenty seven and twenty eight, or no, uh, verse twenty eight. Excuse me. So, well, well, verses 26 through 28 really should be read all together. It says, it will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever among you wishes to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Where in Jesus we see wrought in human history the quintessential example of of the highest of a high position that anybody could imagine. The son of man the, the person described in Daniel chapter 7 who shares in the reign and the authority and the glory and the worship of almighty God. That person did not come to be served. If there's anybody worthy of being served, it's him. If we're talking about anyone who's who has the accolades and the status of being regarded as something more than a goat, but indeed the Lamb of God, <laughs> who has a legitimate claim to that type of status, that person, he did not come to serve or to be served, but to serve. And to not just give his teaching, give his miracles, give his advice, give his company, give his blessing, give... What, 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 what does he give? What does Jesus give? His life. His life. Uh, his, 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 his very self. There's nothing more that, that, that somebody so high could actually give more than his very life. And this is not just what Jesus has done, but this is why it is that he came. That if he does not actually give his life, this whole thing doesn't mean anything. It was great. It was a wonderful, beautiful thing that happened in human history. And, you know, it isn't that lovely. Uh, it, go ahead. It, it's, well, for one, I, I, mean, I really think that it's definitely eye-opening to look at it through the lens of like even though the cross is, is very clearly here um looking at this whole thing through when he says like can you drink the cup you know knowing that he's talking about the cross uh you know and that they don't know what they're asking for i, I think that in many ways when people come to christianity uh because of how popular the prosperity gospel stuff is, uh, or this, like, where, um, 
like the positive thinking version of the gospel mm-hmm. is that if you just do all of the right things, somehow your life is going to be great and you're, you're going to have status and you'll have power and you'll have wealth and like you'll have a nice house and you know, you won't be strung out and you know, you're going to be able to pay all your bills. Like mm-hmm. that, like there's not going to be any suffering. Uh, and that is so the opposite of what he's saying here. Um, in, in such a drastic way, uh, like, yeah, like, I mean, this is a call to prepare to give your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and not if, but rather like, kind of like when, like this, this is going to happen as indeed, I mean, James, uh, is going to be, you know, gives his life in you know, Acts chapter 12, um, John, if we're talking about the same John, uh, you know, exile to the island of Patmos, uh, that sort of thing. But it's, it is so easy for us in, in our Christian life to regard our Christianity as chiefly important as a means to get something else. Um, and that's, that doesn't, that doesn't belong here. It's not, that's not, that's not who we are. Uh, that's not, it's not discipleship. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. And I think this is what the way, what I want to say and what it is that I want to close with. Is that that when when I when I respond to God's call upon my life and He bids me come and follow Him, God is going to ask me to do certain things, to be obedient to His word. That in my heart, whether or not I say it or my actions follow it, but in my heart, I'm going to look at that task and say, that's beneath me. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't want to do it. I don't have to do it. It's not my business. It's not my, my responsibility. Um, because of who I am and who I think it is that I am, I I'm worthy of something that's better. And um, go ahead. Sometimes you have to tell a hurt, no matter if you're worthy of it or not, God tells us to do it because you're worthy. It's true. And, and, and because if this is the example that Christ has set for us, that a task like this of giving his life as a ransom for many, uh, if that's what the Son of Man does, and he bids us come and follow him, that means that there is no task that is beneath our dignity. When Jesus for us to come and follow him. Oh, indeed. I mean, we not even sometimes, we must. Uh, and that this is the sort of thing that characterizes the life of a Christian, the life of the disciple, that at the end of the day, James and John and the mother uh, will have that this question 
is not Jesus asking them, what do you want? But rather, Jesus, James, John, and, and their mother asking Jesus, what do you want? Is this the sort of thing that characterizes your prayers? Let thy kingdom come and your will be done. Yeah, I mean, um, that this is no longer about my status. But I want to ask you, Jesus, yeah, what, what do you want? Uh, because this sort of thing, infinitely more important than any kind of status I could achieve. So, uh, go ahead. I mean, I know you didn't ask for this, but go ahead. like for, for me, like you do this so well. Like, and I wanna I wanna honor you with that because like not everybody knows. I mean, like you're what you are qualified to do and whatnot, and then to come to work here and not get paid very much to work at Aldi, you know, to, like, it doesn't make any sense in so many, in so many ways. Uh, and so I honor you because, I mean, this, this is something, maybe, maybe this isn't even what's on your mind, but this is something you guys do, both of you. You guys serve your guts out. And monetarily wise, there's very little for you to gain. Precious little, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and, like I appreciate that, and I, I, I won't. I don't want to give into this to get something like that. I don't worry. I, I can insult you. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Keep me in coming. Put me in my place. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I know you have to go, Luke. But uh, love you, man. Uh, so yeah, let's let's uh, let's close in prayer, shall we? Okay. Lord, uh, Father, we love you. We thank you so much that, um, Father, you humble us, uh, Lord, to rescue us. Uh, Lord, you'll do whatever it takes, Father, to see to it that, that, um, that your purposes are made manifest in our lives fully and completely. And if that means that for those of us who wish to become great, we'll become a servant. Those of us who want to be first will be a slave. Uh, God, we, we welcome it. We say, Lord, uh, what do you want? Um, because, um, our heart's desire is to serve you and to love you because only then father, are we going to be made new and made whole because your service is perfect freedom. We praise you and we thank you for this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So yeah, I'll end stream. There we go. So, okay.